Hi, I'm Holly. And I'm Danielle. And this is the Spooky Hour. Do you ever like laugh at us counting when you listen to these? Like, do you ever like Always. listen to how hard we struggle to count to three? Because I take like a few minutes to like measure it up to like the right spot so our voices like are yeah. at the right level. And I'm just like, we sound like freaking idiots. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite was the time I, I can't remember if I went French or Spanish or something, but I did something different. And we had just paused for like a full minute and couldn't comprehend it. I remember it's that. Like, well, we literally can't count. It's nope. fine. Counting is hard, everybody. It's very hard. We're not here to count. We're no. here to be spooky. That's it. That's, it. <laughs> That's all we got. <laughs> That's literally all I got. I've had yet another horrifically boring week. Um, I guess... The only real news is that our uh, stay-at-home orders have technically been lifted in Ontario or or are lifted as of the 16th. I, for one, am not super stoked on this. Yeah, so, sorry. I was in like a mid <laughs> I was like having a hardcore yawn right there. <laughs> that looked powerful. I, I just like kicked me right in the face. I was like, I got a yawn. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like this, it's, I mean, I just I'm don't so know I'm so torn because like, one, I'm fucking bored and I would love to go to like, a store that is not my grocery store yeah um I, I do think businesses are suffering and should be open but i'm also like oh fuck it's still too early like i feel yeah. like we're gonna be locked back down again by may and now maybe i'm a have, pessimist but <laughs> and we have now we have that new variant like over the yeah. other new variant that like is transmitted way more quickly and it's been found in ontario um it's just the, i was talking to my dad about this today it's the most stressful thing about it is like i can't complain about being at home because i'm still fortunate enough to work and i'm yeah i have not lost any wages because of it yeah so i'm very fortunate so i can't really complain in that sense and i'm a hermit anyway so i don't care <laughs> <laughs> but the the most annoying thing about it is this whole vaccine issue because um and not that like people don't want it and stuff like that it's the fact that it's just become this political agenda on what company can make the most money like why don't we focus on i don't know getting these vaccines to people and if everybody every fucking country work together and put all of their big fucking brains together we could probably have a vaccine and have everyone vaccinated by the end of this year but it's just a a competition and it's just all about money now and that's the worst thing consumerism gotta fucking love it it's that's the most frustrating thing that right now yeah i'm just fucking over it man i'm so yeah i'm tired of hearing about it but at the same time it's like what else do we have to fucking listen to exactly (laughs) you guys got us (laughs) lucky devils i've actually started listening to i'm so woof this is really bad i'm not a huge podcast listener i like to talk but i don't like to listen um but i've started listening to a fun one uh i'm this is like literally not a plug i've never spoken to this person but it's called note to scene and it's all like the music and the scene that we grew up listening to yeah and all the like cool backstories and stuff behind it so yeah that's what i've been doing i love that keeping me going (laughs) (laughs) note to scene i love that i'm here for this for first it's a really cool i like it if you guys are into like throwback emo culture i guess like the warp tour scene yeah it's uh it's really good it's really in depth it's similar to that punk rock mba guy that i always talk about yeah um just not as in depth i would say okay um and then yeah i watched the hotel cecil documentary that was cool that was it if you guys watched it let us know yeah i I gave it like a seven i haven't watched it watch it and tell me yeah (laughs) we have plans to watch it sunday so we'll see what happens yeah it was really good i thought it was really well done but i just didn't think they went in depth enough 
See, I like the history of it because there was so yeah. much. And they didn't talk enough about it. And I get it because it's technically about Elisa Lamb and not the hotel. But I feel like in a four-episode documentary, you could have at least dedicated half an episode to, like, yeah. the cool story behind the hotel. And also, they, like, there's some touched. weird, sorry, like, sorry, there's, like, some, like, weird contributing factors in there. Because that's, like, because yeah. this hotel is, like, fucking haunted as fuck, so... And that's, um, one of my friends responded saying she hated it because it's, like, it's predictable the whole time. Like, the way it's done, they skew it as it being, like, an accident. Yeah. Um, and they don't do any of the, like, they say it's, uh, you know, it's old, it's haunted, it's had serial killers and prostitutes living there. But they don't do, like, a full deep dive. Like, you don't get the whole spooky, I hate, aesthetic, I guess is the word. Yeah. So, like... I don't know. I feel like if they went into the spooky aesthetic, then the whole, like, demon elevator theory would have played out better in that documentary. Yeah. And that's my professional critique. It's because they, <laughs> they probably only had one agenda, and that's what they wanted to push, right? So. That's Yeah, that's very much what it looked like. Very mm-hmm. much what it looked like. But Bummer. I still thought it was pretty well done. I gave it a seven. I liked it. There was, a, yeah, spoiler alert, I guess fast forward, like, ten seconds if you don't want to hear it, but they talked to people who, like, drank the water at the hotel. Cool. And, like, I felt physically ill watching it. Like, I'm not kidding. There was tears in my eyes. I just felt so bad for these people. (laughs) I, like, how would you, I would never be able to get that taste out of my mouth. It'd be a cool story to tell, though. And be like, like, that's not me trying to be funny. I feel like I would need therapy to be able to, like, stay at a hotel or anything like that ever again. Like, (laughs) that's traumatizing. It'd be, like, a cool story to tell people, though. Be like, guys, guess what? You will not believe it. I drank dead body water yeah like that. i was part of the cecil hotel body water yeah no thank you me. i mean i wouldn't be proud of that but it'd be a interesting story to tell people yeah and it gets them in a netflix documentary so exactly <laughs> but yeah that's all uh, i've been up to in this fucking wonderful world that we live in yeah i've got nothing i've been watching that's division I... that's it so good. oh yeah i forgot about that already we were just talking about it so good let us know what you're watching i guess talk to us report yeah uh <laughs> give us some good like stuff to watch because like we've binged a lot of things and yeah i'm running out of the things to watch out of the things yeah <laughs> i started watching do you remember the show winks club did no. you ever watch that oh fuck it no. was like a cartoon show back in the day and they were all fairies and uh, Netflix did kind of like a Riverdale, Riverdale, Riverdale-esque take on it, where it's like a teen show now, and they're okay. all like having sex and doing drugs and stuff. Um, it's horrible. But <laughs> it's horrible. <laughs> that's what we were watching today, because we wanted to watch WandaVision tonight. And that's, my, my life revolves around Netflix right now. I mean, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I agree with that, because that's all there is for life right yeah. now, is Netflix and Disney Plus. <laughs> and us, and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> But this week is oh, yeah. Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day to those who celebrate. I'm not a huge fan of it, personally. Happy Love Day. I just like the discounted chocolates. Honestly, yeah, that's it. And we use this as an excuse to, like, uh, well, pfft, when we could go out, we would go somewhere that we, like, normally wouldn't. Like, yeah. somewhere, like, a little bit more expensive or something, just for, like, a nice night. Mm-hmm. But then that's kind of, like, feeding into the consumerism and all of that. Oh, my God, so. just let people enjoy their damn day and their fucking chocolates. <laughs> You know, just because you're fucking miserable doesn't mean everyone else has to be. Like, I don't like it either. Like, I don't, I don't go out. I mean, I've been with Stuart for freaking 12 years. Yeah. So we don't, it's just another day for us. But like, we'll still like, like on Sunday, we're going to be watching like a couple horror movies we haven't been able to catch up on. We're going to watch the documentary. Catch up on. I love that. Like, it's a soap. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
but like that kind of stuff but like it's still fun to be able to celebrate that so let I think it's celebrate it I think it's a good excuse to do something I just don't think it's like like when people are like so heartbroken that they're single for Valentine's Day like it's that it it shouldn't matter that's be your own Valentine I mean. buy your own stuff yeah embrace it because you are gonna own it and that's it that's it that's it just have some wine and dine yourself that's it yeah you can even talk to us because i'm sure we'll talk to you because we're gonna be bored anyways <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i don't think we're doing anything because there's fucking nothing to do we'll probably just watch something <laughs> i think i'm gonna build a fort in the basement because oh that's cute i like that yeah that's fun and but holly was all let's do a valentine's day themed episode and i was like what the fuck am i gonna do on Valentine's?" but i found something <laughs> i know I, I did it on a whim because I was looking for inspiration and I was like, oh, I wonder if anyone died on Valentine's Day and lots of people did. But then I was like, shit, can Danielle find something? And she did. So I did. We fucking, yeah, we're a day late technically, but whatever, I mean, we do what we want to. <laughs> mine could be on the side of the people that hate Valentine's Day. So this could be for Oh, that guys. works. So, so yeah. it's like anti-Valentine's Day. Kind of. It's It doesn't have, has nothing to do with Valentine's Day, but it has some lovers in it. So it's close enough. It. Yeah. I like it. Let's get spooky. Let's get into it. Um, So I have three little stories for you guys today. Um, The first one is the Haunted Governor's Mansion. Sounds fancy. Very fancy. So this mansion was built in 1854 in Austin, Texas. It's one of the oldest buildings in Texas. Um, And it's the fourth oldest governor's mansion in the U.S. of A. And it was (laughs) declared a U.S. historic site in 1974. So when you said that, I almost choked on my water. <laughs> U.S. of A. <laughs> um, so this hasn't really anything to do with the story, but I'm going to tell you in regards to it. Um, but in like 2008, someone threw a Molotov through the building. Oh, shit, eh? Yeah. And like the mansion was like partially destroyed. Like it, 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 they said partially destroyed. I looked at the pictures. It looked fully fucking destroyed to me. <laughs> I don't know, partially. There was one singular wall left, so yeah. it was fine. <laughs> it was, like, the left wall. Like, the roof was all caved in. Like, the front was Oh, like, burnt. literally. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't know what partial means, but I, I guess I'm wrong, but it looked destroyed. Um, <laughs> so, at the time, the governor who, like, lived in there, Rick Perry and his wife, were actually in Europe. So, no one was injured in the fire, thank goodness. Um, but no one was ever charged with this. And they assumed it was, like, some kind of anarchist group that was, like, a the reason why this happened yeah but they never had any evidence but it's just kind of a fun fact so someone lit it on fire in 2008 literally threw a molotov through it yeah fascinating (laughs) right i'm pretty sure it's like i don't i'm they're doing like some like restoration um i know we have a lot of uh, listeners in texas so if you know anything about this let me know um but they were doing like a restoration just to kind of like build it up again i just don't know if it's done so i don't know if anyone lives in it anymore or anything like that i mean it's been quite a few years so i hope it's done but should we send a Texan spooky to go take pictures of it? Yes. <laughs> we'll give you We need to facts. know. <laughs> yeah. This is very important news because it looked cool as hell, but <laughs> um, but then it burned down. So the spooky love story to come out of this mansion is in 1864, a 19-year-old kid and his family were in town and they were staying in this mansion for the summer. I have no idea why or how they pulled this these strings, but they were. So they were staying in there for the summer. Um, but this kid... Yep, you're still a kid at 19, so fight me. <laughs> um, ended up falling, like, head over heels in love with the governor's daughter, who also lived in this mansion. Um, 
this kid spent majority of his summer trying to win over this girl's heart. Uh, the day before his trip was over, he asked her to marry him. Adorable. Aww. Right? And obviously she um, was smart and said, fuck no. <laughs> She's like, I've only known you. Like, you've been I living in my house. romantic. No. We, we, I went opposite this time. <laughs> so she was just like, you know what? I've just met you and you've been living in my house for I don't know why. And no, that's no. Just this no. is too much. This Ain't too no much. 90 day fiance around Yeah, here. and she's 19 years old. Um, <laughs> so safe to say this kid was heartbroken. So in the most dramatic way he could think of, he went into his room that he was staying in the mansion and shot himself with a 45 caliber, oh killing himself. Yep. Uh, so the haunting said to pretty much start right after his death. Um, there was an article saying that like the people couldn't even get the body out of the room before the haunting started happening. So it was like pretty quick. <laughs> he right away was just like fuck this place yeah he's like i'm gonna haunt the rest of like everyone in this place for the rest of my fucking life i mean his life goes on and on forever um he's like the song that never ends that's what ghosts are they're the song that never ends they are <laughs> that was so fucking funny <laughs> everyone's gonna I be like i was thinking what are you talking tuck about? everlasting when you said that do you remember that movie oh my god i've never watched and it. then you're like it's a song that never ends and i was yeah. like okay we're on two different spectrums yeah here. I went total opposite. <laughs> if you don't know what the song that never ends, just YouTube it and listen to it for literally. But the then rest you'll of your have life. to listen to it. Yeah, you're stuck forever. So yeah. this is our our warning. You can't sue us if you listen to the song that never ends. Yes. <laughs> and it in fact never ends. It never ends. It just keeps going on and on, my friends. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. okay, back to the story. Main point of this. So to this day well before like the fire um people were still report like reported like weird happenings in this house uh well mansion people say they can hear someone crying and wailing from the room where the kid killed himself governor andrew hamilton was apparently like very bothered by this and decided to seal up that room and it stayed sealed for over 100 years um apparently sealing it um like helped kind of like drown out this emo kid wailing (laughs) but it's me (laughs) it's it's holly (laughs) um but then like the room ended up being opened back up because they were doing renovations so someone opened it back up and the crying sound started right back up so it's actually really sad like this this kid's just stuck in like just devastated yeah at 19 years old some ghost booty soon ghost booty (laughs) (laughs) i hope his valentine's day is special yeah (laughs) i hope he's still there even though like burnt down He's probably stuck there, the poor guy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. So, that's the first one. So, a little, a little bit fun. Uh, so, the next one is the Wayside Inn. So, our next stop is in Sudbury, Massachusetts. Whoa. Nice. I thought you were going to say Ontario. Mindfuck. Uh, no. But I don't know if I said Massachusetts, right? I don't know, Kevin. Oh, let me shit. Know. Fuck that stupid state. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Just because we can't pronounce it. That's it. <laughs> the whole state. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck it. I'm kidding. <laughs> no she's not no yeah she is um so this is where the wayside inn is found um so this is another building that's also a historic landmark and the oldest operating inn in their country or like in the country or county or wherever this place is in massachusetts (laughs) um 
it's not really known when this building was actually built some people say around the 1700s but there's actually like documents dating it back to eight or back to 1686 so it's like around that time super old super very old (laughs) um so i believe at the beginning it was just like a normal family residence but then it got transformed into an inn around 1716 um so it's still open today as an inn um but it does have quite the history to it as well uh but obviously we're here for the sad love story um so the inn was built in by the well wow that didn't make any sense the inn was built (laughs) built in we built in the inn we Um, built in the inn in the inn um so the inn was built by the howe family and was handed down through like their generations so by the fourth generation lyman howe um he was actually the last howe to be running the inn alongside his sister uh jerusa howe um now it didn't continue through like the generations because lyman um didn't marry or have kids so like the howe name was never passed on yeah um so now his sister um jerusa was well known for her music and artistic skills um she said she it said that she also owned like the first piano in town and pay, played it like quite oh, frequently cute. yeah like in the end for like their guests and i'm like that's adorable yeah yeah it said I like her already right i'm here for this um this one's actually kind of sad i feel bad for her um oh, no. <laughs> yeah uh it said that she was engaged to an english man and he went back to england to get stuff ready for like their wedding don't know what maybe he's getting his parents or something i have no idea yeah (laughs) Uh, however he was never heard from again um oh no yeah so he did sail back home so some people think that he may have like died at sea or that he just up and left her unfortunately um but whatever the story is it it broke her apart um so she never actually married and she lived in the inn for the rest of her life she died at um she died in 1842 at 45 years old oh wow yeah so it's not clear how she passed away but the lore goes that she died of a broken heart um yeah so now you can stay in her old bedroom and some believe like at the end and some people believe that she like never left some guests have small like the well some guests have smelt like a citrus perfume and she was like known to wear that type of perfume yeah and some people have even felt like a presence pass beside them or like through them while walking in the hallway so that's kind of creepy but it's like she's just brushing by it with... shivers a little bit <laughs> um uh she's also said to um stand at the like foot of people's beds and she also like taps people's feet as well she's like bitch <laughs> you're in my bed get out she just like politely fucks with them <laughs> yeah she's just like guys like this is my bed get out um she's also known to play the piano that's in the building as well so it'll oh, just I... like mysteriously play I always like spooky piano stories. Right? I just picture like the the Phantom of the Opera type music playing. Yeah. Do-do-do-do. Oh my god! <laughs> just when, like that. <laughs> when I haunt, I need a haunted house that has like a piano, and then I'm just gonna play um, the Black Parade because that's the only ding! song anybody knows how to play. <laughs> yeah. One note. Ding. <laughs> that is literally the only thing I know. Actually, no. I could do chopsticks. Yeah. Talent. How do you play chopsticks? What? the the song chopsticks oh yeah oh i thought you meant you like play chopsticks With i'm like chopsticks <laughs> oh <yeah>. like <laughs> i was like like metal talk? spoons but yeah chopsticks. <laughs> i was like that's not an instrument holly <laughs> like what no but now i miss sushi <laughs> oh my god same <laughs> all you can eat uh, takeout's just not the same it really isn't because like I will pay $30. I can't eat to- all I can eat if it's takeout. Exactly. <laughs> and, like, I can't take any home with me. Like, all you can eat. Bring like Tupperware. I- bring Ziploc bags. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so worth it. 
um so now this inn is uh back to the sorry back to the inn yeah (laughs) um so it's very much dated and true to what it looks like like when when it was built like it's very rustic and actually looks so awesome but people who stay there leave notes in like the crevices of like the walls for uh drusa i'm like that's so cute so like this person went there and like took pictures and there's like 17 notes just shoved in her bedroom wall and i'm like what about the like imagine the people that like pick up the note and like start reading it (laughs) I wonder, like, so what are they, is it, like, words of encouragement? I don't or, know. like, love letters? The per- the article that I was reading, the person was like, I didn't want to read them, so. That's weird. I would totally read at least one. Of course you would. I'm, I'm a nosy <laughs> Yeah. Don't leave it out then. <laughs> yeah. It's fair. So that one is kind of sad. I mean, her heart yeah. is broken, so that's why she's haunting that place. Um. So the last one today, this one fucking creeped me out so bad. I was researching oh, no. it. And we have one, we have to go there. Two, it's the creepiest one I have ever heard of. So if it creeps Daniela out, then you know. It creep like it, I would not like I I would not want to be alone at this bridge by myself at night. Yeah. Ever. Because alone by myself makes so much sense. <laughs> I left my other personalities at home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like rethought my sentences like, wow, you're an actual moron. <laughs> um so this one's called Emily's Bridge. So this bridge is located in Stow, Vermont. Um, it was built in 1844, and it's um, like one of those like rustic single lane bridges. Okay. Um, so it's all wood. It's located over the Goldbrook River, and it's cover or it's um, and it's located on Covered Bridge Road. So that's where they're this, very creative. Very cre- name titles. Yes. yes. Um, so now the spooky story regarding this bridge is that in the mid like 1800s um emily was going to meet the love of her life at Goldbrook bridge um which is now obviously emily's bridge but that's what it was called back then um so she was planning to meet him there to elope so story goes that her parents didn't approve of this relationship so they decided to go behind their her parents back and elope um i'm here for this rebellion by the way (laughs) Um, however, her lover never showed up, unfortunately. Aww. Yeah. So Emily was heartbroken and, and, uh, she decided to hang herself that night Aww. on the bridge, which is a bummer. Um, so she hung herself like in the middle of the bridge and this is important for a bit later. Well, in a moment. So it's not like she jumped over the bridge and hung herself. She hung herself in the middle of the bridge. So if you were to like walk through it, it'd be right dead. Up. You had to look up. Oh, if that makes okay. sense um so it wasn't like under the bridge like it was in the bridge like <laughs> in the like s- not scaffolding but i don't know technical terms <laughs> i have like... no idea like in the roof <laughs> of the bridge the roof the roof. <laughs> we'll go with it i know what you mean now yeah <laughs> okay um so now there are a few other versions of the story so some say emily was actually like left at the altar um and so she ran to this bridge to commit suicide um another version was that she was um, pregnant out of wedlock and back then it was just so terrible um so she hung herself at the bridge but either way she did commit suicide um so the exact story is unknown um but now this is why it's called emily's bridge so there are some like really creepy ass shit that happens at this bridge people have reported hearing weird scratching noises on the side of their car or Mm. on the top of their car when they drive through the bridge someone had pulled over after hearing these noises and actually found shoe scuffs on the roof of their car oh shit that's terrifying it's (laughs) terrifying so like 
it's kind of like they drove under her and her feet dragged over the oh, roof of their car. Oh, shit. Oh, no. Yeah. Isn't that like, oh, my God, that would fuck me up so bad. Like, so. Oh, I'm fucked up now just here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's terrifying. Um, And some people have even said they found, like, bloody claw marks, like, hand marks on the side of their vehicles as well. Um, there's plenty of photos and videos that have caught orbs and weird white apparitions at the bridge in really weird shadows. So there's like a lot of evidence pointing to something being there. Um, the people who have walked through the bridge and not like drove, but walked, have heard sounds of ropes tightening and stretching. Mm. Yeah. And the whole vibe is just like draining and very unsettling. Screams are heard at the bridge and disembodied cries. Some people have even been scratched while on this bridge. That's terrifying. So, yeah, it's, it's really bad. Is Was this in... Um, there was an episode of Supernatural that sounds kind of like it was inspired by... Yeah, another Supernatural reference. Yeah. Uh, it's literally like this exact story, pretty much. There's the, the also... The girls wearing like a white dress or something, though. There, It could be. It could, I, oh, I remember that. It could it's, be. I think it's in the first season. There's a couple of... Um, like haunted bridges like there's like yeah. the devil's gate or whatever it's called or the devil and they'll have similar something. stories too where it's yeah. like girl left by man type thing or killed by man and left there or yeah like, you know what i mean something very some tragic. sad girl for yeah. some reason <laughs> yeah always i mean and like sad girls make good ghosts man so we do we're the Ooh. best at everything we do <laughs> yeah in real life and the afterlife so watch yeah. out <laughs> So I was reading an article and there was like this link to a video and apparently someone caught an apparition on the bridge who looks like they were hanging Oh, in the bridge. The video is private on YouTube. Yeah, I did click it because I wanted to know. Um, but I didn't bother to look for another one because I, it's, I just didn't want to. Can you imagine like my Google search? Girl hanging from bridge. <laughs> <laughs> Ghost hanging from bridge. Like, no. I'm just not doing it. <laughs> my Google search is fucked. Yeah. Like. <laughs> I'm screwed if anyone ever goes through my computer. Yeah. Um, so there's apparently a video out there. If you have seen it or watched it, let us know because it's, uh, that'd be so fucking traumatic to see and I want to see it. Um, <laughs> It'll ruin my life, but like show it to me. <laughs> show it to me. You only live once, man. <laughs> um, but so this bridge is extremely active and some locals even go out of their way to avoid it. And I can't say I blame them. Um, some people even say that Emily's story isn't true and that back then there was a lot of witchcraft activity and a lot of ah. like, um, um, a lot of like rituals and like sacrifices done at this bridge. Yeah. And so some people believe it's all just kind of like, um, like a fake story. Like this is what came out of it. And someone, like, made up Emily's story. But some people also believe that Emily's story wasn't necessarily real, but the witchcraft and, like, the rituals yeah. brought in something demonic. And that's what's actually at the bridge. That kind of makes sense because, like, the claw marks and stuff sound more demonic than than sad dumped girl. Yeah. You know? But what Maybe if it's, it's like both. a mish... Yeah, I was going to say a mishmash of both. Yeah. The, if I drove my car through there and found shoe prints on the top of my car from like dragging feet i would lose my fucking mind I never drive my car ever again no <laughs> this one this this story just messed me up that one creeped me out yeah I, I just um, that was a good one i like that you did uh not necessarily valentine's theme i think i said valentine's with an m valentine's Oops. times i mean you guys all understand this by now we're dumb <laughs> let us have it <laughs> 
you don't come here because we're smart you come here because we're funny yeah that's it but yeah but i like that i like what you did with it with my fucking spur of the moment hey we should do this yeah. i looked up like valentine's day like history and like lore and stuff it's just not it's, spooky it's, it's not even that it's spooky there's, there's some like creepy stuff but it's kind of like it talks about like there was one where like they gave each other their organs and said i'm like that's just gross like i don't want to talk about people giving each other organs like, <laughs> happy valentine's day here's my kidney yeah like <laughs> it's just weird and i, I like, like your take on it though i thought you did good i tried it's just like really unhappy lovers that's all it, it kind of works though i like yeah. it it's it's our anti-valentine's moment um mine's also an anti-valentine's moment mine's not like cute <laughs> i mean how do you have like a valentine's day moment with true crime you don't you don't it's just not a good one um so I guess with that, we'll, we'll get into it. Yes, get into um, the murder. Yeah. There's like an alarming number of high profile murders that took place on Valentine's Day. And I guess it kind of makes sense because it is like a like a big holiday for people. Um, so we had like the Valentine's Day massacre, which uh, I Danielle thought. thought I was going to do. Yeah. And I was I almost did. But I figured like there's probably going to be a bunch of people covering it because it's like the, the biggest one. one. See, the, one, uh, the reason why I asked you. So fun fact, you guys. I was like, I'm going to guess it. I'm like, is it the Valentine's Day Massacre? And when you said no, it's because apparently that place is supposed to be haunted. So I was like, oh, let's just do that. But if you're not doing it, I'm not going to do it. (laughs) I didn't know that part of it. That's funny. I mean, I could only go off of it so much. There's always next year. (laughs) This was cooler. I found this one way cooler. So I liked yours. I really liked your take on it. Um, So, yeah, the, the Valentine's Day Massacre, that one left seven gang members dead in Chicago way back in, like, 1929. Um, Oscar... Pistorius, the like para Olympian, mm-hmm. uh, he shot his girlfriend on Valentine's Day in 2013. I didn't know that. Oh, wow. Um, there's a whole bunch more, and they're all kind of like the same sort of theme, like partners killing each other. That's just what we do for Valentine's Day. This is this yeah. is my kind of Valentine's Day right here. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, today's uh, case I'm doing today. Today's case I'm doing today. So you're turning into me. I am. <laughs> um, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Uh, so this one, uh, in my eyes, is high profile because it was featured on everyone's favorite show, Forensic Files. Oh, uh, it's, it's definitely the- high profile. Then it's Holly's favorite show. It's high profile. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like the Celine Dion of true crime cases. Oh, my God. Um- <laughs> <laughs> that reference, uh, though. So the episode is titled <laughs> Deadly Valentine. They were really, really creative with this. I love that. Uh, so this case takes place in Oklahoma all the way back in 2001. Dr. John Hamilton was a well-known and well-liked OBGYN. Uh, I don't, I honestly don't know. Is it like obstetrician and gynecology? Is that what that is? I think so, yeah. He's an OBGYN. Uh, <laughs> living in Oklahoma City uh, with his beloved wife, Susan. The pair had been married for 14 years. And on the day of their wedding, John gifted Susan a fucking Porsche. Can you imagine? Like, you're having a huge-ass wedding. He's like, also, here's a Porsche. I would also be, like, really miserable. I don't know. I'm not that kind of person, so I'm just... Yeah, no, the public attention aspect of it is terrifying. Also, don't buy me a Porsche. They're ugly. Yeah, buy me a cool car. (laughs) (laughs) Buy me a car that can drive myself, because Holly can't handle (laughs) accidents. I can't hit. I still don't know how I got my license to this day. That's like, I know my weakness and my weakness is driving. I feel no ways about it. I cannot wait until this pandemic's over because I just want to go driving with Holly, but she drives. Yeah, we still haven't done that yet because no. fucking pandemic. Um, I'm honestly not bad. It's just when shit pops up unexpectedly, I don't know. I need to take defensive driving, I think. I feel like um, me being in the car will help you though because I can't. You just you. yell? 
<laughs> I'll yell at everyone else. I won't yell at you. Yeah. Well, that's what I meant. You have my back. Yeah. Um. <coughs> so yeah, you got a fucking Porsche. Um. Throughout their marriage, John showered Susan with lavish gifts at every opportunity. Uh, the couple was known for being adorable, super rich lovebirds. Of course, that's always how the story starts. Always. Um. When they met in 1985, they had both recently gone through a divorce, and each came into the re- relationship with children. Altogether, there were four kids in this seemingly happy blended family. Um, now, being an OBGYN, John performed abortions on some patients, which upset the very hoity-toity neighborhood in which they lived in. Hoity-toity? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> It was. I love that so much. Hoity toity neighborhood. <laughs> so they lived Sound in like, like my a grandmother. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Um, so they lived in like a super upscale religious area, uh, and neighbors were not very pleased to be living near a quote baby killer. Um, <laughs> there were petitions to get uh, them kicked out of town. Shut People up. actually. People actually put up wanted posters with John's face on them and they would like mail them to their house and stuff. Um, and Susan started receiving death threats uh, from complete strangers because like mind That's... your fucking business is the end of that story. So you don't want these um, fetuses to be killed, but you're sending death threats to full grown adults. Literally, like make it okay. make sense. Um, I knew you were going to love that. Um, anyways, on Valentine's Day in 2001, uh, John left early in the morning for work. So he left at like 4 a.m. early. Oh, fuck that. Um, which is like nighttime to me. Uh, he had planned to stop by the house on his lunch break to exchange cards and gifts with his wife before finishing his long shift at work. Uh, unfortunately, their romantic lunch date did not go as planned. John stopped once on his way home from the hospital to pick up a giant arrangement of orchids he ordered for his wife at their local florist when he got to the house and opened the door he found susan laying in a pool of blood on the bathroom floor um graphic warning here just because i thought it was kind of gross um she had two of his neckties tied around her neck and she was so severely beaten that portions of her brain could be seen (gasps) like oh my god very badly beaten um John dialed 911 and could be heard frantically speaking in a recording saying, quote, please send police, please send an ambulance, please. I think my wife is dead. You think uh, her brain's he- on the floor? Of course she's dead. <laughs> He's not a very good doctor. Um, he told the operator that he was performing CPR on his wife, but that there was no response and no pulse to be found. When paramedics arrived on the scene, John was covered in his wife's blood while she lay dead on the floor. He answers uh he answered police's questions about his activities that morning and was able to show them his like date book thing with his scheduled surgeries written in it. Um he was released from the scene and not taken into custody based on that book because it was like he was supposed to be in surgery at that time. Yeah. Um so this left the police to come up with like a list of suspects. Um and they had a hard time because who would kill Susan in such a rage like that? Oh, uh, the those first anti-abortioners. Time she- yes. Um, I called them pearl clutchers. <laughs> <laughs> so that was their first hunch, the local pearl clutchers who couldn't handle her husband just doing his job. Uh, she had been see- uh, receiving death threats, as I mentioned, so it only made sense that maybe one of them actually acted upon these threats. Um, another theory would begin brewing the next day while investigators were searching the crime scene. They had discovered something odd in the cards that the couples had exchanged. In Susan's card to John, they found the following message written inside. Quote, I bought this two weeks ago, so I guess maybe it doesn't seem as appropriate. But I do love you. Have a good day, Susan. But I do so, love like, you. 
not exactly Shakespeare here. Um, it also seems really dry, like they had an argument yeah, or something. Yeah, something's up, man. I would so be that this, petty, though. I would, totally I would be that. that petty, too. I would still, like, sign the card and everything. Yeah. <laughs> you suck. Have a nice day. <laughs> um, so this immediately raised uh, investigators' suspicions. They questioned some of Susan's friends and family who admitted that things were not quite as perfect as they seemed in the Hamilton household. Uh, one of Susan's friends told investigators that Susan confided in her, saying she was considering divorce after 14 years of marriage. She had allegedly caught John having an inappropriate phone call with a stripper. Uh, he denied any wrongdoing, saying that the woman was a patient who called seeking professional help. Uh, she didn't buy it, and the couple had like feuding. personal phone? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I didn't go too much into it because I didn't think we needed to but the, like they talk about like the nature of the calls and like the the text messages and stuff yeah. and it was like definitely not a medical call <laughs> like, and also like i wouldn't just call my OBGYN on her cell phone and be like hey what's up like how you yeah. doing this fine saturday <laughs> you book an appointment usually unless yeah. it's like an emergency thing like <laughs> i don't even have my OBGYN's number except her office number and that usually goes to voicemail. So here we are. This you know, I don't think I have mine either because she usually calls me and yells at me for not booking with her. And yeah, that's exactly <laughs> it. <laughs> we care about our health here. Um, it's free, man. So we can if we want yeah, to. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so he denied any wrongdoing, blah, blah, blah. So Susan obviously did not buy that excuse. Uh, and they had been fighting for about two weeks leading up to Valentine's Day. Police jumped to a new conclusion. The mistress did it. The mistress why uh, <laughs> their theory was that this mystery woman had shown up to the house on valentine's day to surprise her man only to find his wife at home instead she allegedly snapped and killed her in a fit of rage the only problem here police had no idea who this mystery woman was or if the cheating allegations were even true uh we later found out they were true because there was text records or something along those lines um they didn't have much to run with here uh then the wheels really started turning and police started to think that maybe the adoring husband wasn't the grieving victim they thought he was it took them like an alarming amount of time to get to there Um, i mean are we surprised no (laughs) so john was brought into the station for some questioning um one of the investigators noted that during the ride to the station john was like scraping his knuckles on the mesh divider between the front and back seat of the cop car um and they thought it was odd and noted that maybe he was trying to hide injuries on his knuckles so if he had like punched someone and gotten like a scrape on his knuckle he was trying to make it worse Oh, so that it would look like, like it, he injured himself by scraping yeah so if they'd be like what happened to your hand he'd be like oh you saw me scraping in the car i was just nervous it was you know what i mean like he's trying to cover it up that's so um, what would you do in the back of a cop like you're dumb so they would see i guess right just so he could be like see i did it true you saw me do it like he's not very smart no (laughs) so the questioning revolved mostly around john's schedule that morning the time slot between surgeries was very tight and it seemed very unlikely that john would have time to come home and murder and murder his wife between procedures however they discovered that john was late for his second surgery he mentioned having to be paged uh to the operating room this is back when they had like beepers still i'm pretty sure they still have beepers really yeah well my mom had oh i surgery, guess like surgeons would yeah. yeah yeah but this was like like casual back like this was they still used them like people like us would use them yeah. i actually googled because i was like 2001 and people are using beepers but that was like the last year that motorola had put them the... into production yeah yeah they definitely still use them i don't know 
what the extent is but like when my mom had her surgery we're waiting for like the surgeon to come out he definitely had a beeper yeah that makes sense for surgeons because like in case they have to like ah someone's crashing beep 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 yeah and it's always with you right it's just on like your pants or something yeah and you definitely hear it more than you hear a phone yeah i mean you can silence your phone (laughs) that shit was loud oh you can you can no you can't i said you can silence phones you can't silence oh gotcha gotcha So, yeah, he had a beeper. (laughs) So, investigators recalled some of the facts here. Uh, There were no signs of forced entry in the home, no signs of a burglary, nothing missing or damaged, and Susan was found with his uh, his hand ties, his ties around her neck. Uh, They'd been having marital problems, and he now admitted to having time between surgeries to commit this horrific act. With all of this evidence behind him, investigators arrested John, and he was denied bail. It was kind of weird, though, because it's kind of it's technically circumstantial evidence at this point. Like, there was yeah. nothing hard, but they were still able to get, like, denied bail. Um, I That's mean, actually very fucking surprising. did it. But, yeah. Um, the trial began in December of 2001, and uh, many of Susan's friends and families were actually still siding with John. In their eyes, the alleged affair was nothing more than, like, a blip in the relationship, and they were convinced that he was innocent. They thought that he would, like, never hurt her. I mean, like, um, you can have marital problems and not end up dead, so... It it's possible yeah. absolutely um i we're gonna get to that in a second though because uh the article i read had like the perfect quote to summarize what i think happened okay um so prosecutors uh told a convincing story in the courtroom uh those same friends had admitted to investigators that susan was thinking about divorce they believed that this drove john crazy saying that he was obsessed with his wife uh initially this obsession was shown with the constant gifts and overbearing affection Ooh. But when the talk of divorce arose, this obsession became deadly. He couldn't stand the thought of her leaving him. Prosecutors told the jury that John came home after his first surgery, saw his wife's passive-aggressive Valentine's card, and snapped, inflicting horrific damage. He started to clean up the scene, but was interrupted by the page from his clinic. He stopped what he was doing, returned to the hospital, performed the surgery, and then came back home to finish cleaning up. He then went back out to the flower shop to pick up the orchids as part of his alibi before fake discovering Susan's body. Um, With the help of investigators, the prosecution was able to bring up physical evidence. Traces of Susan's blood and skin were found on the steering wheel of her husband's car, and a blood expert testified that John's left shoe was spattered in a way that could have only happened while his wife was still alive, meaning that John was present at the time of her death. Dun, dun, Um, dun. (laughs) plot twist uh john took the stand and testified in his defense he claimed that he loved his wife and he tried to save her which is why there was blood found in his car he said that he stopped doing cpr for a minute to move his car for the ambulance which like i guess so but that would be the last thing on my mind if my wife was like in a oh i must go move my car like i would never have thought of that no that's really Um, weird I went into a rant here. We had to call 911 for my mom. Uh, I don't know if anyone remembers. My mom fell down the stairs last year. And uh, literally, like, it never crossed my mind. If anything, I was like, fuck it. They'll just park on the street. Like, yeah. when like, you're in a panic like that, that would have never crossed my mind. Let's just um, go pay Tetris with the cars outside. Yeah, literally. Um, if this is common courtesy, though, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I really... No. Fuck that. <laughs> it's okay. I just wasn't sure if that was like a thing you're supposed to move for them because like I definitely I don't didn't think so. I mean, if they needed to, you to move, they would tell you to move. Yeah, right. That's, That's what I thought. Yeah. Um, so his defense team argued that there was no direct evidence that John was the murderer, noting that uh, no murder weapon was ever found, which was true. I think uh, to this day the weapon's still missing, so they don't know 
how she was killed still uh they think it was some sort of object just based on the force of the injuries but they don't know like what kind of object or like where it is or anything there's just too much trauma to determine it i guess yeah okay so i don't know is it possible that he did it with his bare hands like with the whole like knuckle scraping thing i would believe that he at least hit her and that's why he was trying to scrape it but i don't know if you could like he would have to break a fist to be able yeah like it'd be broken right yeah so that was uh, that crossed my mind a little bit but um anyways his uh, team continued their defense by saying that the police had focused on john quote too quickly <laughs> and that they should be really looking into the anti-abortion loonies um which fair point they were very adamant that they wanted that family dead yeah um the defense also hired their own crime scene investigator uh, a well-respected expert named tom bevel and had him stand as witness in the trial. Bevel, who was an expert on uh, blood spatter and pal- blood spatter pattern analysis, that's really hard, <laughs> um, testified that the blood found on the doctor was consistent with trying to save his wife. However, in a shocking twist, uh, Bevel had noticed some blood spatters on John's right sleeve that the prosecution's expert had overlooked. Uh, He was looking at the evidence shortly before the trial began and felt it was his duty to be honest in the courtroom, so helping God and all that stuff. So Bevel said that the blood pattern was consistent with the pattern that would happen if John had struck his wife. He did not think it could have uh, come from CPR the way it was. Like, it would have had to have been like a... a force yeah like a like a punch or something to have created that um he told primetime tv that the splatters were quote almost a neon sign pointing towards the wearer of this shirt being associated with the beating uh district attorney west lane was later quoted as saying quote you could have heard a pin drop moments like that in the courtroom just don't happen like that they do on perry mason which i'm pretty sure is a tv show but they don't in the real world so the defense's expert essentially turned on them in court but at the um, same time like if like if you get brought in it's your job to be honest yeah and like absolutely. he did his job <laughs> he did his damn job i think it, i thought that was fucking awesome i yeah. didn't know that part of the story um so it took the jury less than two hours to convict dr john hamilton of first degree murder in a later interview bevel said he had no choice but to tell the court what he knew saying quote ultimately you take an oath to tell the truth and that overrides any allegiance i may have to any client what a fucking savage yeah, like, i like you. this guy a lot um during john's sentencing the judge spoke directly to him saying quote the majority of jurors were very disappointed that they didn't have the sentence of death as an option you should consider yourself very lucky uh he was then sentenced to life in prison without the chance of parole John has repeatedly tried to appeal the conviction, but so far has been denied a retrial. His supporters still somehow believe that he's innocent and that he loved his wife too much to hurt her. Um, And this is a direct quote I took from ABC because I think that they summed it up perfectly. Quote, but it wasn't his love for Susan that was in question. It was whether he was responsible for her terrible death. Perhaps he loved her just a little too much. It's true. It's very true. Yeah. I think uh, that pretty much was an open and closed case. I think uh, I think he he did love his wife too much, and I think it was exactly that the the thought of divorce drove him insane. Yeah, he was kind of like that was it. If I can't have you, no one can. The husband yeah, always does it. It's always the husband. It's always the husband. Always, always, always. But yeah, if you remember that forensic files episode, uh, holla! It was an old one. <laughs> it was really good though. <laughs> I yeah, I remember watching it. And it's a really uh i don't want to say cool story but you guys know what i mean when i say that interesting story yeah. and because the, 
you really don't think he does it because of his literally just this book because you're like well he's a surgeon he was literally operating on someone but then he just like casually lets it slip that he was late for the surgery and it's that's it that's all it took to crumble yeah. his case yeah you're like well there's that window that we wanted and yeah <laughs> that's, that's it that's all it took so yeah with that happy valentine's day spooky is yeah. a day late happy va- oh yeah <laughs> It's technically and happy family day to fellow Canadians because we get a yeah. holiday today. Woo! I uh, we we took a four day weekend. Um, I was sick today, so I took a day off. She's very sick. <laughs> very, and I I'm yeah I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, you deserve it. You deserve Thank this you. long ass. You weekend. deserve the long weekend too. Everybody does. I yeah. fucking I know that we haven't like been doing much to be exhausted, but I feel like not doing anything is exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> That's like, I was, this is totally off topic, but I'm buying this like cabinet for our laundry room and it's at Canadian Tire and their advertisement right now is like the great indoors. And I'm like, go fuck yourself. (laughs) There's fucking nothing great about this. No. Okay. That's not true. There are lots of positives and I try to fucking adhere to that. Things like getting to spend more time with the dog and like, I can nap on my lunch can nap on your lunch there are positives it's yeah. just getting stale, <laughs> getting stale. <laughs> just... i just i trying to be very grateful like you said i'm very lucky to be able to work yeah but i would like to be able to do other things as well That's and not it. be scared to go outside because i'm scared yes. to go outside <laughs> i uh, i go up and down i well actually no right now i'm scared because i was like I was really good for a while when our, you know, when we had fucking 80 cases in the entire yeah. province and I was like, everything's wonderful. And now I'm just like, fuck you guys. <laughs> yeah. Like now I'm just like, I just don't trust the world anymore. So I'm like, I still go out and like walk the dog and stuff. But like, if someone's coming towards me, I'm put my mask on because I don't trust you. Yeah. That's basically what it comes down to. Yeah. Cause there's too much uh, opposition now. And like, I get it. People are fed up, but like, so is everybody. I don't think rebelling's going to do anything at this point. No. Like just. You just got to ride it out. So uh, wish Ontario luck this week as we enter a, a scary new phase of <laughs> this shit. And have to deal with our fucking prime minister and what premier who's a fucking moron. So God, yeah. Wish us luck this week. We need it. Yeah. Our premier is the version, the Canadian version of Donald Trump. So here we go. My thing with him, I fucking thought at the beginning of the pandemic that he was doing... I don't know how I said that. Um, You said it some way. I thought he was doing so well because he was doing all the right things. He's like, we're locking down. We're fucking doing the thing. I was like, yeah, he's fucking surprising me. But like now it just kind of seems like he goes with whoever is the loudest. Yeah. You know? So he's like everyone now wants to open up for the economy so now he's like ah the economy but then like right before the lockdown everyone's like we need to lock down for safety and he's like yes yeah, so you must lock down for like he just bandwagon hops at this point yeah he's so annoying. i don't think he has an actual plan anymore because he's a moron <laughs> yeah i'm just so tired <laughs> but if you want to come complain with us or talk about valentine's day and what you guys did yeah let us know what you did yeah come hang out with us our instagram is a spooky hour podcast you can find us on Twitter at Spooky Hour, and you can email us. I was going to say you can find us on the email. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, technically not wrong, I, I guess. <laughs> it works. It's the Spooky Hour Podcast 666 at gmail.com. 
Our email is also in our Instagram bio, and I'm, I guess it's in our Twitter bio. I don't know, guys. It is. I'm a yes. mess. <laughs> Can confirm. Uh, if you have any spooky tales to send us, uh, personal stories of you experiencing ghosts or aliens or uh, chupacabras or uh, murder, if you have witnessed a murder, please call the police first and then call us or email us. Yeah. <laughs> Who are you gonna but call? we do want to know at some point because we do spooky tale episodes and you can be featured so email us yeah that's it man that's it stay spooky we hope you had a good long weekend for those that got yeah. one and if you didn't we're sorry sex to suck yeah <laughs> but stay spooky anyways stay spooky bye, bye.